hey everyone so just a heads up this is the first episode and with that there's always gonna be those technical issues the mic was kind of so bear with me for this i promise it's just gonna get better from here enjoy hi gay happy proud month hey hi hello and welcome to aqv a queer view podcast and this is a podcast where i mike uh some of you formerly know me as bio on the internet uh, I'm just taking a deep dive into people's lives about their queerness and who they are as a person, what made them who they are, the struggles, the triumphs, and just their story of what they have to share with the world. Because you never know who's going through the same thing and needs that little speech to be like, I'm going through that. This is what I need to hear. This is going to make my day so much better. And uh, this is the second time we were recording the first episode due to the fact that uh zoom decided to delete the first recording which was a uh, no fun so we spent the last maybe two hours trying to set this call up so yay uh but i got with here me today my good judy jose who graciously agreed to uh re-record with me even though uh it was a big debacle and she was sweet enough to say yes and i'll get the shade for it later Absolutely will. Yay. <laughs> so this is going to be a repeat of the first episode, and it's just basically Jose is going to ask me a bunch of questions that made me who I am. And with that, you'll get a better understanding of who I am, but not too much, because throughout these episodes that I'm going to be posting, I want to be able to piggyback off of what a lot of my guests have to say. That way I can put in my input and you can get to know me a little bit more while you're getting to know these other people out in the world. Yeah, so I guess... Um... You know, the good thing about recording again is we're not as nervous as the first time, or I guess I'm not as nervous. This is only my second podcast I've ever done. Yeah, I'm not as nervous either. I mean, I've hosted, this will be my third podcast that I've hosted, but this is a completely different topic, and it's something that's uh, new and dear to me, just due to the fact that I'm fully coming into the fact that I am a gay man and everything, and I'm not hiding it, I'm not ashamed of it, I'm not worried about what people have to say about it. And if someone does have to say anything about it, I've got the confidence to be like, well, this is me, so you don't got to stick around. Peace. I'm staying right where I'm at. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I think this is more aligned with something that is, um, you know, very personal, very intimate for you, right, your orientation. And so I guess that's really a good place to start with, which is who are you? Who is Mike? Mike is a massive nerd. Uh I mean, you know me from a video game podcast that we connected on, and we just became friends from that because we were both gay men on a very straight-formed podcast uh, called The Gamer's Advocate. If you get a chance, go listen to them. They haven't made a new episode in months. <laughs> I know that feeling. They're on a bit of a break right now. Yeah, that hiatus. It's, not, it's unpaid, too. Yeah. But like I said, I'm a massive nerd. I'm somebody who's coming into the idea, like not the full understanding or the idea of it. I'm just like coming into the, like, I'm a gay man. I'm a, I can go out and do these certain things. I don't have to be ashamed of who I am. I don't have to be worried about what people have to think or anything like that because there are people out there who are going to accept me for me and they're going to be fully okay with it. And the people who don't accept me for me, well, that's not my issue. That's theirs because what's wrong with me? Nothing. Uh, I am... Oh, it's always that hard question. It's like, who are you? But you don't want to sound too <laughs> egotistical or pompous, but you really want to give like a full description of who you are. 
Well, I think, you know, um, I guess I should mention that I'm a mental health therapist. I'm very used to kind of interviewing people. And when we ask that question, right, it's interesting to me that the first thing that came to your mind was nerd, (laughs) right? And so I think part of who we are is a collection of things, and it's really what's most salient to you. And maybe nerd for you, because it was maybe a part of you that you accepted more freely than, you know, your, I believe you said you identify as gay. So as far as accepting, quote, how gay you are, right? It's really something, I don't want to put my foot in my mouth, but it seems like more people today would more likely admit that they're a nerd versus, you know, that they are gay. And like, what does that even mean, right? I think that's one of the beautiful things coming out of this new, I don't think it's a new movement, but that's highlighted right now is kind of even challenging what that means, right? Non-binary, gender fluid, trans, you know, these identities have been there. It's just now, even as a community, we're opening our eyes to it, right? A lot more diversity and everything that goes into it. And I think I just go with nerd for the first thing. Cause I mean, when I introduce myself to people, I'm like, my pronouns are he, him, dork. <laughs> I've never heard that before. Yeah, well, that's what I go with because one, it's a great icebreaker and it just shows people I'm a dork. So, but they, they look at this and they don't see dork. They just probably see someone with a mean mug or someone who looks very serious, which I'm the complete opposite of. I just have RBF sometimes first thing in the mornings is the worst. Well, and I think, you know, this is important to highlight, right, that while, yes, this podcast is trying to focus on the queer perspective, there are many parts of you. It's not just your orientation. Mm-hmm. A lot of different things go into who I am and what it's like to be me and everything that goes according with it. Uh, I mean, for the longest time, I would tell people, yeah, I'm a gamer, but in my head, I just spell it G-A-Y-M-E-R because... I had to put that emphasis in there for myself to be like, I am a gay man and it's okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which I think on... ties, I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I think that ties to why you started this. You said a little bit at the beginning. Yeah, it ties into it just due to the fact that like, it took me so long to come to that idea and it's like knowing, okay, well, I've had these feelings as a child growing into my teenhoods. I didn't fully come out to friends and whatnot until I was about 19, 20. And I didn't fully accept the, like, full front, like, the full blunt of, like, this is who I am, and there's nothing wrong with it. I'm going to beat a dead horse when I say that constantly, because uh, I always felt like there was something wrong with it due to the fact of my, like, growing up, my upbringing, my raising, my family, all that. My entire family was a Southern Baptist, which plays a big, heavy hit into it. Uh, church every Sunday, the people would preach and all that. And uh, homosexuality was one of the biggest sins. Uh, it was unforgivable. All this other stuff, I was going to burn in hell, brimstone and fire, yada, yada, yada. So uh, what I would call a scare tactic as a young child, uh, that crap scares you. But the older you become, the more you start to get a more footing into society and life. And you start figuring out things on your own. Okay, this is what they were teaching me, but this is what I understand as a human with a mind that can process things on its own and I don't have to have someone else think for me. 
Uh, a lot of this does not make sense. A lot of this is just edited stuff from, from the 60s because they want to scare people because they don't like that we're doing this. Uh, I mean, like you said, the movement that we're in nowadays, there's so much going on in the LGBTQIA plus community. A lot of people seem frightened and scared that we're taking away a lot of rights from uh, heteronormative, uh, heterosexuals, anything like that. So I can see it being a big backlash right now, but it's just kind of like, yeah, you know, you answered, I was going to ask you about your childhood, but you sort of shared a little bit um, kind of what struggles you had. Um, And I think hearing that about it being almost demonized, right? It's a sin. It's Mm -hmm. unforgivable. I think that just speaks to kind of, um, so we're both in America, right? I think that's American culture, right? Our culture tends to to even preach abstinence. If it wasn't about being gay, it's about abstaining. And that's from everything um, that is against, quote, against, you know, what God said, whatnot. So it's not excusing, right? Our parents or family members out there that push for that, like that's their automatic response, but just trying to understand Right. But then also hopefully them getting with the program, like you said, I'm here, I'm queer, get used to it. Um, yeah. So you're you talked a little bit about your struggles when you were younger. What about were there any victories when you were younger growing up queer? <clears throat> younger, I'd have to say no. But the only victories I can think of are like personal internalized victories. Because as a closeted gay young, I was doing certain things and trying to figure out, like, what it's like, what, it, what okay, I'm into dudes, okay, what is this like, what is that like, what is this like? And with that, it's a lot of trial and error. Uh, and famous words of Evie Oddly, fail, 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 uh, because as soon you'll get the success. I failed a lot. I felt a lot as a child. Uh, I ended up... Like trying to date younger, it was just horrible. Trying to uh, do sexual activities, it was just bad. Didn't know any of the proper stuff. I was also like the scare tactics of if you have gay sex, you're going to get AIDS and die, which is something that Southern abstinence programs teach us. I don't know about the other parts of the country. I live in the Bible Belt because I'm down here in Nashville, uh, born, raised, bred, all that. Uh, And with that, it was kind of like okay uh, avoid this do this try this uh this didn't work let's go for here uh but the older i got the more i got into gay culture i got around other gay men other queer people and started learning bits and pieces from everybody else all own personal research all that people sharing stuff with me and i started getting a better understanding of things uh ended up making friends with like the one out gay guy at high school uh, i'll never forget him he still lives here in the city just like me And he taught me a lot of different things because he knew I was gay, but I was also dating a woman at the time because I was too scared for people to understand. Like, I'm into dudes, but I don't want the disownment or anything like that. Uh, Just because one of uh, my mom's friends almost outed me one time, and uh, it ended up in me almost going to a conversion camp. And so I had to try everything in my power to avoid that because I've heard the stories I've heard what happens there and I didn't want my eyes to be held open to watch a bunch of heterosexual stuff and have holy water thrown at me or anything like that of how they described it in the horror of news articles and personal testimonies. 
So man, can I ask what year that was? Still living with my parents, um, so I was about sixteen. So. I graduated in 2011 at the age of 17, so it had to have been 2009, 2010. Wow. Yeah, it's unfortunate that conversion therapy, well, it might still be places, of course. It's no longer psychologically. Um, again, I'm a mental health therapist, so we know that that's not a treatment that works. Um, but I just think that was not that long ago, 2009. Wow. Yeah, it's, I mean, what, 13 years Numbers, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like legit a teenager, <laughs> and now I'm teenager, yeah. older, and it was just something I had to play straight, play mm-hmm. straight up straight. I had to do everything in my power. Uh, ended up like being more active with the girl I was dating, trying more things, all that fun stuff, just to show like, hey, I'm straight. You don't got to send me away. Um, and it was also something that always came up, like if uh. Me and my sister were alone. She'd always ask me about it, and and I just had to fake it till I made it. I'm just like, no, no, no. I mean, those that's behind me. It's no longer a thing because I just didn't want her to go off and tell. And then next thing you know, I'm on a white van going to who knows where to do who knows what. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you talked about your childhood struggles and some victories, but what's life like now um, as a gay man for you? So growing into it, age of 18, <clears throat> I ended up getting my own place, but my sister moved in with me, so my gay activities were very limited. Uh, fast forward to 2021, I got my very first house uh, fully by myself. Uh, fun fact, my OnlyFans paid for the down payment of my house because <laughs> that's how uh, comfortable I was getting into my gayness is that I ended up starting an OnlyFans uh, to basically be a pleasure to other people uh, of all types of gender, all types of spectrum. But uh majority of it was like self-portraiting and solo videos and gay sex videos. I mean, that's what OnlyFans is basically is. It's just nothing but a giant <laughs> porno site that you pay for to you can see an actual person do what they need to do. Uh, and after I got the house and whatnot, I started like, okay, I'm by myself. Like I can do what I want. I don't have to be feared of being judged. I don't have to fear about someone coming after me, trying to send me away, trying to take anything away from me. Because what's going to happen? Is the bank going to come by and be like, mm, you're gay. We have to take your house back. No. Um, well, there was a time when they wouldn't give certain loans for that. So it's good to know that history. <laughs> Isn't repeating itself right now. <clears throat> Dangerously close to getting back to old ways, unfortunately. But you're saying you got your yeah. house, you're in, I'm on my fully own, in you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, I need to start doing something a little bit more social. I need to stop hanging out with just my family. I need to stop hanging out with just the friends that I had from like Bible school and whatnot. So with that, I was like, all right, let's try something. A buddy of mine gets a hold of me and he's like, hey, I'm joining the kickball team here in Nashville. It's called Hot Mess. It is an all-gay league, and I need people for my team. I'm like, cool. I need a social experiment. I need to meet more gay people in the city. End up going, joining day of that the, like, registration's closed. He tells me that he didn't get enough people to join, so I got put onto a free agent team, which is just a bunch of people who didn't have a team. Ended up first time meeting, super nervous, because I'm just like, 
All right, meeting new people as an adult, trying to figure this out. I mean, I work with people for a job. <clears throat> I work with the general public, all that. I know how to like talk to people and how to hold conversations. Uh, I did not know that within the year and a half I've known these people that they would be such a close-knit family for me. A lot of these people uh, just ended up becoming those close friends where I can confide anything in, they confide anything in me, and they ended up taking me out because I like told them little bits about parts about my past. I'm like, this is the first time I've gone out. This is the first time I've come to like these gay bars out here. This is the first time I've been to this place. This is the first time I've done this, anything like that, because I understand like I don't get out as much, and yet I'm one of the oldest ones in the group. And it's just like, ugh. Because I didn't have that college experience or anything like that. So I'm just like, hmm. But <clears throat> super nice. They showed me around. They showed me things. And then ended up falling in love with half of it. Uh, there are some gay bars that I do not recommend uh, just due to the fact that it's nothing but uh, straight overran and way too crowded. Uh, but I won't say the bar's name because if they want to sponsor me later in life, they can. <laughs> and uh, we can just make this part of the episode disappear. Uh, but... Ended up making such great friends, ended up meeting so many new people, uh, coming into different types of, I don't want to say fetishes, I want to say kinks. So, like, being around these people, experimenting and trying new things and whatnot, I've come to, like, understand, like, more about my sexuality, more about, like, like what I like and anything like that. I've uh, started to understand that, like, just because I am who I am doesn't mean that anything's going to be different for me that there are some laws in place where it is a discrimination to try to do anything different because I am a gay person and then I represent that I am a gay person uh, loudly and proudly. And I honestly wouldn't change anything in the past year and a half just due to the fact that it's taught me so, so much. Uh, just because of these friends, just because of the experiences I've gone through. I mean, heck, I was even engaged for the longest time and ended up calling it off because I started like realizing that the person that I was engaged to wasn't even treating me as a human being. Uh, and it was very shocking because someone uh, posted on Facebook like a few weeks ago and they're like, what's one of the worst things that your partner ever said to you when you were in a committed relationship? And my response was, oh, this isn't my partner. This is my coworker. Mm -hmm. And like hearing it back now and like taking those rose colored glasses off, it's just like, wow, yeah, really didn't value myself that much. But now I do because I understand what I'm worth. I understand like what it is to be me and all that. And I've got people who are right behind me supporting me and like pushing me through the boundaries and keeping me like, uh, what is it? What is it? What is it? Keeping me in check. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> I was thinking of like a, High-end SAT word, but no, that works. Oh, I don't even know a high SAT word, but... <laughs> I was going to say committed? No. Uh, but they're keeping me in check about certain things and, like, pointing things out to me. They're like, mm, do you think this is the brightest idea? Do you think that's the best thing to do? Uh, do you think you should have done that? And it's just making me really think about it. So they are, they've been basically the best, like, chosen family I could ask for. Mm. So that's what it's been like for now like the past year and i hope but nothing but more experiences and just ever growing growth love and understanding yeah and i think we talked about on the first recording that uh a lot more about you will come out as you're doing the podcast and interviewing people being able to share certain parts of your story when they describe theirs um, some 
I guess my next question uh, is one you did not ask me to ask you, but that came to my mind. Maybe, I don't know, it could be influenced by me watching RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, <clears throat> small show, small little indie show that not many people know about. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm just curious, <laughs> is there any advice that you'd give your younger self um, when it comes to being gay? Oh, um, uh, wow. Okay. So yeah, knowing what I know and knowing what I grew up through, I would have to tell younger me, life is going to suck while you live with your family. You are not going to be able to be fully you. There is going to be that scare of you're going to be sent away. And it's going to be one of the hardest things you have to deal with because you are scared shitless. Uh, but just know you're going to get older. You're going to try things. You're going to fail. You're going to see a lot in the world. And that's going to teach you a lot of different things. And those experiences, they're, again, they're going to suck. But I highly recommend that you keep going through them because they're going to make you one hell of a person when you get older. You're going to understand things a lot easier. You're going to be able to commit to certain things. You're going to be able to contribute to certain things. And it's going to make you, from what people have told me as I am today, one of the nicest people anybody can meet. One of the most, like, I've got your back. One of the people that can give some advice and also be one of those that just listens to absolutely everything. Uh, but you're going to stumble. You're going to fail. You're going to fall flat on your face. You're going to fall in love with the wrong people. And uh, just like they say, you're... You've got to kiss a lot of toes until you find the perfect person and might still not be the perfect person, but you're going to keep learning from each person that you end up being with. It's going to suck at the end, but you're going to have a good support system that's going to help you. That's not going to be people who are going to judge you uh, the entire time. They're just going to be like, well, red flags wasn't six flags, but hey, you learned your lesson. Tough love instead of just hatred love. Uh, so go through it, cry, get angry, go through your phases, because when you come out of it, you're going to be way better off. Then again, you are still going to suffer from some of your mental issues, such as like your borderline depression and your body dysmorphia, but that's just the stigmatism that the community puts on us because we have to look and be a certain way, but it's okay not to be. That's still something I struggle with today and I'm still trying to tell myself, but I mean, if I told my younger self now, hopefully he get through. And by the time he's my age, then it wouldn't be this way, but Hey, maybe, maybe not. I mean, I think that's an entire podcast in and of itself stigma Mm -hmm. within the community and stereotypes and whatnot. Um, very deep stuff you just shared there, uh, and I don't want us to end on a uh, <laughs> a downer note. So I thought maybe we could also add, what are some of your current um, queer favorites, like music or shows or whatever? 
Oh, okay. Uh, queer favorites would have to be, oh, like you said, that very tiny indie show. <laughs> Not many people know about it. It's on something called Paramount Plus. <laughs> uh, it's called RuPaul's Drag Race. There's that. Uh, I, I think they might have one in other countries. Who knows? Uh, that's that's been a go-to. Um, going out to drag performances in real life has been a thing. Uh, being able to see people just work, boots the house down, yes, God, <laughs> kind of thing. Uh, I'm actually uh, dating a drag queen right now, so... That's that's been, I'd have to say, one of the healthiest things that happened in the past while, mm. which is awesome. Uh, some of the other gay stuff, queer <laughs> stuff. Um, I mean, there's a queer kickball league. There's the queer sports league that I'm on, and I take part in from kickball to dodgeball, maybe bowling soon, cornhole, who knows. Uh, being able to have that little outlet to where you can – converse and communicate and interact with all the other gay people in the area it's very nice uh just due to the fact that like it's one city it you're gonna see everybody eventually it's not like new york and when you move three blocks it's 300 new people uh nashville it's you move 12 blocks and it's 15 new people if that yeah if (laughs) if um but It's really, like, the only gay-gay things that I can think of. Other than that, just, like, being out and proud. Uh, I'm helping out in Pride this year, which is going to be awesome. Uh, We have our parade next week uh, because we're recording these episodes in advance because I want the first episode to actually launch on the launch of Pride. So June 24th is when this episode comes out, which is the kickoff of Pride for Nashville, which is going to be awesome. Uh, But, yeah, I mean... I'm always open to trying new things and whatnot, but right now those are like the things that like I know that I do that are queer based and ever growing, ever learning kind of ordeal. So who knows? I might end up finding new stuff in the future that might be a thing. Uh, I do know I very enjoy having to go to uh, Eagle Nights, which is basically Leather Night, uh, because that's something I discovered about myself. I think I look and feel great in a full body harness. <laughs> I mean, the leather does chafe a little, but I highly recommend baby powder. <laughs> oh, first world problems. I know. Chafing. But yeah, so, and again, these are just kind of, uh, the key word there was current, right? I'm sure it's going to evolve, as you said. You've kind of evolved since you were younger and are in a point in your life where you are open to continuing the growth. Yeah, I mean, I'm only 28 right now. Next month I'll be 29, but who knows what the future has to hold for me. I've got a whole lifetime in front of me. Yeah, I mean, dear God, I'm almost 10 years older than you. (laughs) Wow. I migrate towards more mature people. Mm. Well, um... I'm not sure how exactly we wanted to end this, but I think that's a pretty decent spot to wrap this up. All right. And with that being said, like I said, my name is Mike, uh, and I hope you stay 
tuned on this podcast as we launch these episodes, taking deep dives into people's lives and their journeys from all different types of walks of life, from the LGBTQIA community, uh, from gayness, lesbian, gender fluency, gender fluidity, gender fluidity, fluidity. <laughs> Thank you. I'm over here like gender wind. Uh, <laughs> From asexual to bisexual to demisexual, uh, pansexual, just different things that different people represent and correspond with in the LGBTQIA community. And the biggest thing I want to get out of it is I want people to share their stories, share their experiences and whatnot. Uh, just because, again, you never know who's out there listening, who's this story could reach them. And even with today, uh, in the day that we live in, it could save a life. And so with that, I've been Mike. And Jose, do you have anything you want to plug? <laughs> yeah, feel free to follow me on all platforms uh, at Ask What, Not Why. It took me the longest time to figure out how to put that into a search bar. <laughs> and uh, we thank you for listening. Stay tuned for next week's episode.